بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم in the name of Allah most gracious most merciful merciful calls to humanity by Dr. Ahmed bin Saad Al-Mufarrih Vienna 1442-2021 Part 5 Page 51 The 19th call Human honor Allah exalted be he says in the Quran in the meaning of which all mankind we have created you from a male and a female and made you into nations and tribes that you may know one another verily the most honorable of you with Allah is that who is righteous and pious. Verily, Allah is all-knowing, all-aware. Quran chapter 49, verse 13. The 19th call from Surah Al-Hujarat, chapter 49, verse 13, continues the theme of human relations of the third call. All humanity shares the equal honor of having been created from a single parent, Adam, and from him and his wife Eve, nations and tribes differing in the sight of Allah, only in the extent of their taqwa and their acceptance of his messenger Muhammad, whom he sent to inform the people to, only, uh, only in the extent of their taqwa and their acceptance of his messenger Muhammad, whom he sent to inform people about their commonality in lineage and destiny and made you into nations and tribes that you may know one another. So the 19th call from Surah Al-Hujarat continues the theme of human relations of the third call. All humanity shares the equal honor of having been created from a single parent, Adam, and from him and his wife, Eve, nations and tribes differing in the sight of Allah, only in the extent of their taqwa and their acceptance of his messenger Muhammad may the blessing and peace be upon whom he Allah sent to inform people about their commonality and lineage and destiny and made you into nations and tribes that you may know one another all humans male or males or females are equal in their humanity tribes and nations uh, exist only as channels of uh, exist only as channels for identifying and tracing lineage that people will know who is related to whom such as by son of from the tribe of from the country nation of however Allah exalted be he subhanahu wa ta'ala concludes that he does not judge or honor his uh, <coughs> servants by their relationships lineage tribe or nationality in a state Allah honors them according to their piety, taqwa, their righteousness and piety, such as those who strive to understand and implement the Qur'an and the teachings of the Messenger Muhammad. May the blessing and peace be upon him. Verily, the most honorable few with Allah is that who is righteous and pious. Clearly, the degree of Allah's honor depends on the extent of taqwa, piety, righteousness, all praise to the most just creator who does not look to lineage, tribe, or nationality 
in rewarding his servants. Nothing escapes Allah's vision, comprehension, and awareness. Verily, Allah is all-knowing, all-aware. The message? This call highlights the commonality and equality of people in Allah's sight. In Islam, keeping track of lineage is important. It is a mandated and lawful practice. Through lineage, people grow into tribes and nations. A preservation of lineage requires that every child knows his parents and be legitimate. Hence, Islam mandated legal marriage before male-female intimate relationships. It, it has banned adultery as it was in all previous religions, which is considered a great and a grave sin to ensure family stability. Uh, parents are responsible for the caring and upbringing of their children. Regardless of nationality, tribe, or lineage, all mankind is rooted and traceable to Adam. Uh, may peace be upon him. No person, race, color, or ethnicity is better than another. In the sight of the Creator, all humans are equal. The only difference among them is the extent of his or of their piety, taqwa, the mindfulness, love, righteousness, and devotion to Allah, their Creator and Sustainer. The twentieth call, the raiment of righteousness. The raiment, which means the dress of righteousness. Allah, exalted be he, says, O children of Adam, we have bestowed raiment upon you to cover yourselves with, and as an adornment, and the raiment of righteousness that is better. Such are among the verses of Allah, or ayat of Allah, that they may remember. Quran chapter 7 verse 26. O children of Adam, we have bestowed raiment upon you to cover yourselves with and as an adornment. In this call from verse 26 of Surah Al-Araf chapter 7, Allah glorified be he informs the children of Adam that uh, he, Allah, has provided them raiment for the two purposes of covering and beautifying themselves, covering the private parts. Raiment for covering the private parts is the first and most important use. The first act of man's ancestor Adam after his nakedness had been revealed to his, to him following his disobedience of Allah's command not to approach, uh, approach a certain tree of paradise. Was, he was to cover his private parts from the leaves of paradise an extreme embarrassment. Nakedness or nudity causes embarrassment and exposes the body to harmful elements. It strips humans of dignity, whereas clothing dignifies humanity as it distinguishes them from animals. Nakedness is a disobedience, a breach of taqwa piety, the essential element to getting close to Allah and the path to paradise. Men and women cannot expose themselves or wear clothing that expose their private parts and sexually arouse others who are not their spouses. Tight-fitting clothing that shows the shape and size or emphasize the outline or any part of the body is disallowed. The prohibition against exposing the body applies even with family members such as parents, children, except babies and infants and siblings. Clothes must be clean, 
but not extravagant. In Al-Bukhari, the book of clothing, chapter 1, the messenger is reported to have said, Eat, drink, and clothe yourselves without extravagance or arrogance. Clean clothes are required for all prayers, the Jum'ah prayer and the two festivals, the two festivals, the two Eids or festivals especially, which require wearing one's best clothes. Allah's messenger is reported to have advised a man who came to him in filthy clothes despite having the means to buy clean clothes as follows. If Allah gives you wealth, then let it be seen on you. Ahmed, volume 3, hadith number 473. Adornment or beautification. The second purpose of raiment or dress in Islam is adornment or beautification. However, adornments alone cannot substitute for clothing that covers the private parts. Adornments are intended only to complement clothing. Men cannot wear clothes made of gold or silk, nor can they wear gold trinkets, including gold watches. On the other hand, women can use any form of adornment, including uh, including uh, on their faces, hands, and feet, provided the adornment is made of lawful uh, products. And the raiment of righteousness that is better, such are among the verses of Allah, the ayat, that they may remember. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, glorified be he, cautions the children of Adam not to be so preoccupied with worldly, worldly raiment as to neglect their spiritual duty to him, who provided the raiment and adornment, that the raiment of taqwa, mindfulness of him, is better and everlasting than worldly raiment. The children of Adam will soon leave all their worldly belongings, coverings, raiment, and adornments behind when they meet their Maker, and then only their righteousness will benefit them. The message this call specifies the dress code of Adam's children as raiment and adornments. The minimum attire required is that necessary for the protection of the private parts. Adornments may be used to complement raiment. However, the call makes it clear that the raiment of piety, uh, mindfulness, taqwa, the fear of Allah, these are, or this is the most uh, 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 consequential, this is the most consequential one, as it alone brings a person closer to his maker or her maker and protects him or her against his wrath and promises him or her pleasure on earth and the hereafter. The 21st call, Satan's temptation. Allah glorified be he says, O children of Adam, let not shaitan deceive you, let not Satan deceive you, as he got your parents out of paradise, stripping them of their raiment to show them their private parts, Verily he and his tribe see you from where you cannot see them. Verily we made the uh, shaitan friends, comrades of those who believe not. Quran chapter 7 verse 27. In this call also from Surah Al-Araf chapter 7 verse 27, Allah the Almighty warns the children of Adam about falling victims, uh, about falling victims 
to Satan's deception, their perennial enemy, by making the same mistakes that their ancestors Adam and Eve did previously while residing in paradise that resulted in their expulsion from paradise. O children of Adam, let not Shaitan or Satan deceive you as he got your parents out of paradise. Those ancestors were tricked by Satan into eating of a tree that Allah had forbidden them to approach, thereby causing Allah's anger and reproach and ultimate expulsion, stripping them of their raiment to show them their private parts. Until Satan tricked Adam and Eve into their downfall, they had both never seen their own or each other's private parts, nor had other creatures in paradise done so. However, once they succumbed to Satan's mischief and ate the fruit of the tree, their private parts became exposed, disgraced, disgraced and scrambling for leaves to cover themselves. They were no longer fit to live in paradise. Allah, exalted be he, thus made it clear to Adam and Eve that their disobedience to him and obedience to Satan led to their humiliation and expulsion from paradise. That nakedness was not a characteristic of the dwellers of paradise. Verily he and his tribe see you from where you cannot see them. Verily we made the shaitan friends of those or shayateen friends of those who believe not satan and his children harbor everlasting envy and hatred for adam and his children that will continue until the day of judgment satan and his children harbor harbor everlasting envy and hatred for adam and his children that will continue until the day of judgment their determination to prevent adam and his children from returning to paradise continues until that day. The primary lesson of Adam and Eve's downfall is that man should always have taqwa piety and obey Allah. Every act of disobedience, no matter how seemingly inconsequential or minor, constitutes fidelity to Satan and disobedience to Allah. Such was the case when Adam and Eve ate the fruit of the forbidden tree on Satan's bidding. Adam and Eve uh, did a seemingly minor act. Adam and Eve did a seemingly minor act that, that yet constituted an act of disobedience to Allah, resulting in the grand act of their expulsion from paradise. Satan and his children capitalize on man's gullibility to commit simple, seemingly inconsequential acts of disobedience to Allah that gradually progress to major acts and major sins, hoping to provoke Allah's eternal wrath enough to permanently bar their return to paradise. Adam and Eve's banishment from paradise was not enough for Satan, as he vowed to prevent their return, as he vowed to prevent their return. Since then, he, Satan, and his progeny of tribes and nations among jinns and humans have been relentlessly fighting to achieve that goal. The message, this call is an alert about Satan from Allah, glorified be he to the children of Adam. Uh, Satan caused Adam, the father of humanity, to be expelled from heaven with minimum effort. Satan and his 
henchmen tribes. Henchmen tribes are everywhere on earth from a position of advantage where they can see humans but humans cannot see them. They and their followers are constantly seducing Adam's offspring into evil deeds seeking to drive them away from the straight path to Allah. Satan's community and supporters among humans and jinn enable each other to influence the children of Adam of all nations to disbelieve and disobey Allah by continuing to commit major sins. The 22nd call Arrogance and extravagance. Allah exalted be, he says, O children of Adam, take your adornment to every uh, prayer and eat and drink, but waste not by extravagance. Certainly he, Allah, likes not those who waste by extravagance. Chapter 7, verse 31. O children of Adam, O children of Adam, take your adornment to every prayer. In this call, also from chapter 7, Al-Araf, uh, verse 31, Allah addresses the issue of nakedness in religious practice head-on. Prior to the transformation of Mecca into a full Islamic enclave, the idolaters, men and women, used to uh, tawaf, circumambulate the holy house Kaaba while naked, men during the day, women at night. In this call, Allah prohibits that practice by requiring Muslims to wear their clothing to every prayer and mosque, including tawaf, circumambulation at the sacred house, Kaaba. Nakedness is a disgrace and embarrassment to man, as man's ancestors Adam and Eve experienced in paradise. When continued nakedness is a sign of continuing disobedience to Allah and obedience to Satan, such clothing as covers the private parts and adornment, such as perfume, siwak, toothbrush, etc. are recommended on special days as the two Eids and Fridays. Clothing and adornments that delight the senses are permitted provided they do not display arrogance or extravagance. The Messenger of Allah, may peace and a blessing of Allah be upon him, is reported to have recommended the common wearing of white clothes. Wear white clothes, for it is among your best clothes, and also wrap your dead with it. Ahmed, Volume 1, Hadith 247. See also 20th call. Allah the Almighty cares for his servants, uh, for his servants' pleasure, and so he has provided abundant varieties of food and drink. And eat and drink, but waste not by extravagance. Certainly he, Allah, likes not those who waste by extravagance. The children of Adam can eat and drink all they want of lawful food provided they do so in moderation and do not intend to show arrogance or extravagance by their selection of food. See second call. Arrogance and extravagance are always resources uh, that uh, Satan utilizes to, uh, to tempt man into disobedience. The need to impress others may lead to undertaking financial obligations such as indebtedness that lead to anxiety which Satan would capitalize on to lead a person into disobedience. Arrogance and extravagance in food or possessions may also lead to the envy of others, despair among the poor and needy, and may lead 
the weak in faith to disobedience of Allah. Extravagance may lead to overeating, which leads to illness that can also lead to disobedience of Allah, glorified be He. Extravagance may also lead to the wasting of food, such as uh, discarded leftovers from parties or celebrations. Man must avoid extravagance. Eating and drinking that are done in moderation lead to good health, which facilitates obedience to Allah and the preservation of piety, taqwa. The message, this call enjoins the children of Adam to distinguish themselves from the idolaters and dress in their best clothing and adornment to every prayer on Fridays, the two Eids, and to every other occasion of worship, such as the tawaf circumambulation in the sacred house in Mecca. Nakedness is a source of embarrassment to creation brought on man by Satan, the arch enemy, and therefore prohibited to Muslims. As in the second call, Allah warns that extravagance in food and drink also emulates the arrogance of Satan and leads to disobedience to Allah. Extravagance in all its uh, forms and types in the choice of food and drink is disliked by Allah because it may lead individuals into debt when they try to live above their means to impress others. Extravagance may also hurt the feelings of the poor and deprived. It affects the social fabric by deepening the gap between the different social strata. The 23rd call, following the Prophet, may peace and blessing of Allah be upon him. Allah exalted be he says, O children of Adam, if there come to you messengers from amongst you, reciting to you my verses, then whosoever becomes then whosoever becomes pious and righteous, on them shall be no fear, nor shall they grieve. Chapter seven, verse thirty-five. The twenty-third call also from Surah uh, Surah Al-Araf, chapter seven, verse thirty-five, relates to the story of Adam and Eve and their children on earth. While expelling them to earth, Allah, the Almighty, in His most gracious mercy, promised to send guidance through messengers from time to time to remind them, Adam and his progeny, their history, and assist them to succeed in returning to paradise. O children of Adam, if there come to you messengers from amongst you, reciting to you my verses, the Holy Quran mentions some 25 of these messengers, some of whom were also equipped with books and miracles, the last of them being Prophet Muhammad, may the blessing and peace be upon him, who was equipped with the Quran, the divine inspiration or revelation and the greatest miracle of them all. All Allah's messengers preach the same simple message, the reminder that La ilaha illallah, there is no God but Allah. He has no partners, so worship him alone. They also warned Adam's children the consequences of disbelief and rejection of Allah's guidelines as complete bar to re-entry into paradise. Then whosoever becomes pious and righteous, on them shall be no fear, nor shall they grieve. This part of the call specifies that Allah's condition, that Allah's condition for success in this world and the next re-entry in, into paradise is taqwa, piety and righteousness. It has two dimensions a present worldly pre-death dimension and a future post-death dimension. 
present life freedom from fear present life freedom from fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala glorified be he removes all present wealth pre-death fear as bonus to the believer for his taqwa piety and righteousness he slash she lives in this world in complete security happiness and prosperity what every soul wishes in this worldly life and what believers actually feel and experience he does not fear for his future as he is confident that allah will shower him with his grace throughout his worldly existence those who avoid what allah has forbidden such as polytheism the major and minor sins and conform their outward and inward behaviors to allah's laws as delivered by his prophets and messengers have no fear of worldly deprivation present life freedom from grief allah removes all present world pre-death grief as divide as dividend as dividend to the believer for his uh, piety and righteousness taqwa he is thankful to his lord no matter what happens to him in this worldly life good or bad as reported by abu Sa'id and abu huraira that the messenger of allah stated may the blessing and peace be upon him he stated no worry calamity distress illness or grief strikes a believer even the prick of thorn except that allah will expiate his sins for him because of it muslim hadith number 2573 the true believer who has been spared grief by his lord glorified be he lives in this world in complete security happiness and prosperity he has no sadness about anything he has suffered no loss that would cause him worldly grief future life freedom from fear death and post-death allah will provide the believer assurances of mercy throughout the journey of death first as he dies he shall have no fear his soul will be extracted peacefully by the angel of death this is in surah in surah uh, chapter uh, 79 uh, and verse 2 second during the questioning in the grave the believer shall also have no fear as allah will enable him or her to answer the questions of the questioners correctly third the believer will be spared the terrors of the day of judgment he or she will sail through it in a wink of an eye and he or she enters paradise without fear as his or her lord says the reward with the lord is gardens of perpetuity beneath which rivers flow abiding therein forever allah is well pleased with them and they are well pleased with him that is for him who fears his lord this is chapter uh, 98 al-anbiya verse 8 future life freedom from grief death and post-death the believer shall also have no grief on death and beyond infinite mercies from his lord allah as he as he lays dying he knows uh, he accomplished everything his lord commanded while he was alive nothing will make him wish to remain on earth upon death he has no cause for grief as he has encountered everything he was promised by allah the paradise he or she was promised he is dying a peaceful death his place in paradise has been shown to him O soul that art at rest uh, 
return to your Lord. Will it pleased with him? Will it pleasing? So enter among my servants and enter into my garden. This is in Surah Al-Fajr, uh, Surah number 89, verses 29 and 30. On the other hand, one who dies without taqwa, piety, would, pe- would wish he could return to correct his mistakes to do those simple things that his creator and sustainer re- required. He will forever exist in regret and eternal grief. And could you but see when the guilty shall hang down their heads before their Lord? Our Lord, we have seen we ha- and we have heard. Therefore, send us back. We will do good. Surely now we are certain. Chapter 32, verse 12. This is Surah As-Sajda. The golden opportunity that his maker and sustainer Allah had presented him in in the worldly life through his messengers to prepare him for the journey of death would no longer be available to him. The message, this call is one from Allah. Glory be to him, to the children of Adam, urging them to heed the calls of the messengers and prophets to believe in him so that they can return to paradise. Man has Allah's assurances that those who believe will be happy and lead good uh, uh, and joyful lives in this world. In this world, They will die in peace and exist in eternal happiness in the hereafter. Unfortunately, despite all of the signs and miracles from Allah that the messengers and prophets provided to people, unfortunately, most continue to disbelieve. The messenger of Allah, Muhammad, is reported to have said, By he in whose hand is my soul. By he in whose hand is my soul. Allah does not decree any matter. Allah does not decree any matter for the believer except that it is good for him. If any blessing befalls him, he is thankful to Allah and that is good for him. If any harm comes to him, he is patient and that is good for him. And this is a bounty exclusively for the believer. This is found in Muslim, hadith number 2295. Alhamdulillah, that's the end of part 5.